Well, my Coffee Talk guest today is Liberal MPP for Beaches East York, Mary Margaret McMahon, first elected to Toronto City Council in the 2010 City Council election in Ward 32, Beaches East York. She served Ward 32 from uh, 2010 to 2018. In October 2020, she announced her candidacy for the Ontario Liberal Party. She was elected in the 2022 Ontario general election to represent Beaches East York. Welcome, Mary Margaret. Thank you very much for having me, Maggie. You've been passionate about this city uh, long before you got into city politics. Why is that? Well, I am passionate about anything and everything. (laughs) But uh, Um, And I'm an optimistic person, and I know it can be just up to you to help improve uh, the world. And so when I moved here in what, oh my gosh, 1991, uh, from, uh, well, from Japan and from Collingwood, um, I just um, wanted to improve my area and then moved on to city and now I'm at the province. Tell me about your, um, how how you moved to Toronto, a bit of your story of how uh, how that all came about. You said you moved from Collingwood. Uh, so what was that like moving into the city, a big city with diversity and uh, probably very different from Collingwood? Yeah, I'll say. Um, well, um, you know, I grew up in, in Collingwood and uh, my dad was mayor, actually, of Collingwood. Mm-hmm. When, and at that point, I vowed I would never, ever, ever go into politics. So uh, just warning, never say never. <laughs> uh, I did live in Ottawa where I went to school and then I did live in Japan. So I had lived in a bit busier places. Um, and then I came here, I had a brother here who was, I was first in the West End and I had a brother who was the Molson sales rep for the beach, um, which is a, a good brother to have, mm-hmm. a good <laughs> job for your brother to have. And I, I couldn't believe um, that there was a small town in the, in a big city. So I fell in love with it. And came bored. Wow. You were a teacher and community activist. What caused you to make the decision to run for city council? Well, that's a good question. So I, uh, as I said, I'm pretty passionate about many things and I can't sit still. <laughs> so I, um, I just started doing things in my neighborhood uh, with my students. And then uh, with my kids, I was a stay-at-home mom for uh, several years. And then with everyone else's kids, and um, big environmentalists. So we started doing environmental projects and started a farmer's market, a bike group, a tree group. And then I saw how that um, helped change the neighborhood. I started a residence association with some wonderful people called Danforth East Community Association. And I thought, what if I spread that passion across the ward? What would that look like? And we were the hokey little tiny campaign that uh, could we um, we ran in 2010, and most of us had no experience running except, you know, door knocking with my dad at a young age. And we identified 2,000 supporters and won with around 16,000. So it was a huge upset. We didn't expect that fully. And then I'm thrown down to City Hall, where um, where it was a big roller coaster ride, as you know, back then in 2010. Now, you know, this is what I find fascinating, Mary Margaret, and I love this segment because we get to kind of slow down and peel back the layers of some of, you know, our government officials in our city. Uh, you know, you said you you were a stay-at-home mom, and so, you know, many of us would see problems in our city and be like, okay, that's a problem, and we might be a part of a local neighborhood group to try to solve, you know, 
issues in our community. But to run for city council takes a certain person with a bit of chutzpah that says, no, I, I'm going downtown and I'm going to be a part of the solution. Talk to me about that, because I, I think you've glossed that over. But that's a pretty big decision to make, uh, you know, and, and to say, I want to be a part of the solution here. Well, um, as I said, I'm, I can't sit still. So, I mean, I would be if you ask my neighbors, they would be they hide in their houses away from me because they see me marching down the street with my clipboard and they know they're getting their marching orders of whether they're, you know, participating in a food drive or they, they're signing up for a free city tree or, or what. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I just always want to do something and you, you see when there are tangible things that you can see and there's so much negativity in the world. You could sit back and, you know, complain on your couch or be miserable, but also you can just jump off your couch and, and go outside and find some uh, like-minded neighbors or uh, convince them to be like-minded and join you yeah. and um, and get things done for the greater good. It's it's possible. It's entirely up to you. It sound, You make it sound so easy. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not fully. I have three brothers and they'll tell you I'm very bossy. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and then you have neighbors who hide from me. So you, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> right. You were very vocal uh, while you were in council about term limits. Why Why was that a big issue that you wanted to address? That's really funny you bring that up because I had a, let's say, not an argument, but um, a cordial conversation with an MPP last week who's actually been a politician for 43 years. Wow. So we argued about term limits, <laughs> or we debated them. Yes. We finally had to agree to disagree. But um, my dad ran on those. And I, you know, at City Hall, we talked out of both sides of our mouths. We wanted gender equity, diversity, and youth on council. Because if you look at the council floor, it does not reflect this beautiful multicultural city we live in. So how do we do that? Well, one way, I think, is to level the playing field. And that is to give people a chance. And it is almost impossible to unseat an incumbent. I did in 2010, but there was um, a bit of a scandal. Um, and so you don't always have that. And uh, it's usually the incumbent loses, not the candidate wins. Mm -hmm. So um, to level that playing field, you you jump in, you do what you can, you um, work hard for your community and your city, and then you, you pass the torch on to someone else and you leave the party while you're still having fun. Yeah. And that's essentially what you did. You left city politics and and then ran for the Liberal Party, was elected in 2022. Tell me about the change uh, that you've seen in moving from city politics to provincial politics. Well, first I had a stint at uh, Sidewalk Labs in between. And I'll tell you, it was, um, well, the let's see, the first day, the day after uh, City Hall, I was on a plane to Thailand to rebuild my soul on a beach. Mm. <laughs> And um, and it was great to get my life back and, you know, not be having people yelling at me when I'm walking down the street, although I did love it. But there are, you know, parts of it that, you know, everyone is um, watching everything you do. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of freedom and then, you know, you do miss it. Um, but uh, I had people plant the seed to run provincially. And it's um, it was the climate emergency that propelled me back into this nutty world. Uh, because I just couldn't sit on the couch and, and um, not do anything um, to help 
improve the situation. So here I am at uh, at the Pink Palace, as I call it, as I call it. It's beautiful. Come down for a tour. They have great tours. Um, and we'll show you our um, comfortable, sweet digs. And um, it's very different. It's very formal. It's very British. You bow to the speaker when you go in the chamber or the speaker's chair. Um, there's a thing called frogging that I got caught doing that is walking between the clerk's table and the speaker. If the speaker's sitting and the mace is on the table, you're not allowed to walk between those two. Lots of rules and yeah. regulations, which I'm learning. Yeah. Grade nine all over again. <laughs> so, Mary Margaret, I have to ask you the question. You said that your dad was mayor of Collingwood. Would you run for mayor of Toronto? Well, as I said, there's already been one mayor in our family. So, uh <laughs> I think we'll leave it at that for now. I'm just, I just got into Queen's Park. I want to put my head down and do the best I can for Beaches East Yorkers, for Torontonians and Ontarians. So happy where I am. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, your party has made a lot of news over the past couple of weeks uh, with the open letter that was written to uh, Mike Schreiner asking him to cross the floor and join the Liberals. We have a clip of what Mike had to say about staying with the Green Party, and I'll ask you for some of your thoughts. I've asked myself and others how I can best make a positive difference in building the Ontario we truly want. And the answer for me is as the leader of the Ontario Green Party, because we need strong green voices at Queen's Park to remain focused on the need for climate action. So what are your thoughts, Mary Margaret, about, again, this open letter uh, that was written to Mike Schreiner? And, uh, and you know, I think a lot of us were surprised that he actually was considering leaving the Green Party and joining the Liberals. Yeah, I mean, I've known Mike for a long time since... Uh, I think before 2010 and we helped each other out on campaigns and have a huge amount of respect for him. And of course he's a fellow green guy, a green uh, person like me yeah. and we work very well together. And uh, I have all the respect in the world for him. I feel I was surprised by the letter as well. And um, I, I, the Ontario liberal party has many qualified and interested candidates from within our own party. And we have yet to see everyone come out yet. We have an, Exciting AGM coming up uh, early March in Hamilton, and we are working to rebuild the party. We have, I think, 1,500 people already registered, and I was at a Young Liberal event the other night with the energy in the room was um, uh, uh, like a firecracker, like fireworks, and people are keen to rebuild our party, and that's what I'm focused on. There seemed to be a rallying cry out of that letter uh, for liberals to do more when it comes to the environment. And I know, as you just said, uh, you're very passionate about the environment. That's the reason why you ran for provincial uh, for a provincial seat. C does your party need to do more when it comes to the environment, to encouraging more conversation and platform ideas when it comes to saving this this and, and doing something about this climate crisis? We all should be doing more. There's, you know, times of the essence. We're in a climate emergency. Um, there are only eight of us. <laughs> we don't even have party status. 
I tell you, I feel we're punching it well above our weight and um, we're doing what we can, but everyone can be doing more. I put forward um, um, a proposal for an all-party climate change uh, committee at, at uh, the province and uh, waiting to see where that goes. Um, but, you know, it's it's about bringing everyone aboard. Um, you know, the Conservatives, the NDP are there, they're doing a lot. Um, and our independent uh, Bobby Ambrady is doing a lot too, but we all need to be doing more. But I think specifically the Liberals, you're right. I mean, this, the party is small and, and rebuilding, but this was specifically pointing towards Mike Schreiner and specifically saying that something needed to do to be done when it comes to uh, the Liberals' platform uh, when it comes to climate change, as well as rallying a younger uh, a, a younger following, more younger members to the party. Uh, Mary Margaret, I agree. I think all of us need to be doing something. But I think my question specifically is, uh, what are the Liberals doing and how and, and con objectively do you think your party needs to do more? Well, we're, I'm, I just hosted a Greenbelt rally um, a few months ago. I'm out at all the rallies for that. I, we do not need to step foot into the Greenbelt. We can build housing in Toronto, uh, in municipalities. We can build up avenues. Um, there's no way we need to touch our wetlands, our farmlands, our ecosystems. I've, I've been on the committee where Bill 23 and Bill 39 were. Lucky me. <laughs> and uh, I put forth. Uh, a million great amendments, I thought. They got voted down. You know, we killed the conservation authorities. That, not we. They uh, yeah. and, um, and the Toronto Green Standards and all kinds of great things. So it's, it's about convincing the government to get things, help work together with us to get things passed. And I think that's the attraction with Mike Schreiner. He works well across party lines. That's my track record, too. So I think that's why we get along so well. And, um, you know, what you see is what you get with Mike. He's an affable guy um, and um, people respect him. And so there and people are desperate for, you know, the conservatives have 83 seats. So how do we build up, you know, um, a strong opposition to to win the election in 2026. So there, I think there are people are just cobbling ideas together. And one is like, well, there are eight liberals and get some green, get a green person, Mike Schreiner, and then maybe the independent and see about these upcoming by-elections. There's potential there, right, in Hamilton Centre and Kitchener Centre. So um, I think people are desperate for change, yeah. change for the good. Um, I just spoke about uh, a headline that I saw in the news. And I know I sent you this article as well, Mary Margaret, because I'd love your thoughts on it. Canadian police uh, used deadly force at record rates in 2022. New, new research finds that's the headline in the Toronto Star. What are your thoughts about the fact that 69 people were killed by police in Canada last year in 2022 is seen as this record year for deadly force? Yeah, it's very alarming. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, violent crimes are on the rise and we need to get to the bottom of, of why that is. Um, and we need to address crime with the least amount of lethal force. Uh, but I, I think we can never have enough training for our first responders and we can never, ever have enough investments in mental health programs. And I think it all, you know, points to that. And, and you know, right now we're underspending with our healthcare system and that's not a good thing. So we want to keep this safe, uh, city safe, and 
country safe for everyone. And, and we need to do that collaboratively and with huge mental health supports. I think one of the, the bigger issues in this report, and again, uh, this is nothing new, uh, is the fact that uh, black and brown and indigenous people disproportionately are singled out in a lot of these cases, uh, which again, causes tension within that group, those groups and the police, how do we mend this problem? How do we address this problem, um, you know, nationally, provincially, and locally? Well, it's huge, and it's really, really troubling. And it's important to review all of our institutions regularly, and um, we need to protect our vulnerable communities especially. Uh, but we need everyone at the table, and um, I don't think we're doing that. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. Mm, but, um, but, you know, people need to feel welcome and invited and and listened to and heard. And not just listened to so you can tick a box that you did the community engagement, which we see so often, but listen to it and actually see people's ideas come to fruition. So, and again, um, the, the strong investments in, in mental health. Thank you so much, Mary Margaret. We could talk so much longer. I know we had a list of uh, other other topics to discuss, but we're just going to have to have you back. Yes, because I have to talk about my private member's bill. Yes. On, uh, flooding, um, to protect people from flooding, uh, which is March 29th. So I would love to come back, Maggie. This is a great show. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mary Margaret, for your time today. Thank you for having me.